I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from and I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one so feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Welcome back, my sweet, 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 sweet loves to another episode of Vagina Talks. I am at the moment presenting as the host, and they call me Sophia Wise One. My pleasure to be here with you. It's my honor to be in your ears, no matter where you are, wherever you are. I just want you to know that I'm sending you a little love blessing, be it in the car or mowing the lawn, lying in bed. Maybe you're drifting off to sleep. I know some of you listen to me at the end of the day. Sometimes you never hear the end of an episode. That's okay. I know you get just what you need. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, know that I'm just so privileged and grateful to be with you and to be part of your landscape and life in this moment. So I want to invite you to give yourself permission to get whatever you need out of this time. You're choosing to listen to this episode because there's something in you that needs to be watered and fed. May it be so. I am excited because this time right now, my episodes have been a little disparate <laughs> as they're trickling out right now. Everyone is doing our best to keep up with the rapid transformation that is taking place on the planet right now. Some of it is gorgeous. Some of it is wretched. And so just being so gentle and so strong to just keep going and grateful to be with you today. So Oh, take a breath, take a moment, and I'm just going to invite, I'm going to tell you about my guest that I have today um, who found me and said, I want to come and be with you. Let me in, let me in on your little, little brewing bowl. So um, 
I said, all right, you sound phenomenal. Let's see what happens here. So I wanna tell you a little bit about Katie. So Katie Sutherland is an energy medicine healer, teacher and holistic wellness practitioner who supports mothers to thrive and reclaim their empowerment and vibrancy while navigating the journey of motherhood and childbirth. For the past two decades, Katie has been collecting and cultivating a wide range of tools and wisdom to support others, the path home of their inherent wholeness, well-being, and freedom. Obviously, our people, right? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Katie's diverse background includes training in various bodywork and energy modalities, the Arvigo technique of Maya abdominal therapy. Oh my gosh, give it up. Love, so good. Holistic pelvic care. What's up? And I'm just like, teachers, my teachers, trauma resolution, advanced cranial sacral therapy, as well as being a certified integrative health coach. Uh, I love a healing nerd. Love ya. She works with women one-on-one -on -one and in groups through her company, Inner Wisdom Motherhood. Katie is a body worker practice in Portland where she lives with her family. And when asked what the vaginas or genital superpowers are, truth telling and divine intuition. So welcome to the show. I want to say welcome home, Katie. Welcome home to Vagina Talks. <laughs> Come on in. Take a seat. Take a load off. Get comfy. You're with your people. Welcome. Happy yeah. to have you here. Yes, yes, yes. So beautiful. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I think I am. I, th I think this is my, my uh, a home. <laughs> I feel very at home here. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm curious. I just want to like ask, what is what is your vagina? What is your vulva? What is your root space wanting to share, give voice to, in this in this moment? Mm. to pay attention to it. Mm. <laughs> I think I think that is like one of the key threads, like the golden thread of all the work that I've studied and all the different modalities and the women's circles I've sat in and the energy medicine I've studied and the the personal development work I've done. I mean, it really comes down to like building that awareness of your root and having a really strong, healthy, clear, connected root, everything else can come, come from that. But if you don't have that, like, you know, if you're just all like up in your head and up in the crown and third eye, it's like, it's really hard to embody what you're wanting to create. And so, and I think... I, I know from working with hundreds of women, our pelvic bowl, it's a bowl, it holds things. And I think we kind of like stash things in there. Like, <laughs> like it's like, it's like that corner of your closet where you're like, I'm going to take all those clothes to consign them, but then you like never do. And then you just make another pile on top of it. And so, mm -hmm. um, in a lot of the energy medicine I do for the root and for the pelvic bowl, it's like we start with clearing. We all we connect to the earth because the earth, she's like, she's the divine composter. 
She takes all her crap and turns it back into flowers and food and fertile soil. And Mama Earth is amazing for that. So we connect to the earth, send that root straight down into the earth, and then just clear it out. Clear out the bowl. Clear it out. Clear it out. Then the creativity, the pleasure, the joy, the what you want to create really can have space and come forward like naturally. It naturally arises once the bowl is clear. But if your bowl is just like murky and like, oh, I don't know, like I don't want to really tune in there. Like I just want to be in my third eye, crown, whatever. Like I just want to live in my heart. No, 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 no. No, you cannot live in your heart if your root and your pelvic bowl are not clear. People with roots and wombs, <laughs> hear me now. And in the indigenous wisdom that I've learned from those traditions, like they held the uh, womb space, which everybody has an energetic womb, however you identify. The womb space is like your second heart, your second brain. It, it, it holds wisdom the same way your heart's knowing, you can say your womb's knowing. And there's really, you know, in many different cultures, there's different organ systems that are like supposedly like the master organ or whatever. But I think like the medicine that we're needing of this time, like womb, the womb. <laughs> like womb. You're, you're, the womb the womb the womb the womb like the pelvic bowl the pelvic bowl whatever's in that root those first two chakras like you have to clear it out you have to connect to it otherwise it's just really hard to truly be in your heart it's really hard to have clear thinking clear mind without having this root connection and it is really the feminine medicine of our time because we've all been in this dream of this masculine outer form, outer doing, outer consumption. And going. And if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, the masculine often, as it has been taught, is to go up and out. And the feminine counter medicine that we're needing right now is to go down and in down and in. And the more I practice that, actually, the more I can go up. So it's that that saying, I, I've had a bunch of yoga teachers say it over the years, you have to root to rise. So you really have to have this strong, 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 strong foundation, strong root, clear root, in order to really reach those more ecstatic states. So that's yes. what I have to say about that, I guess. Yes, I'm just like, I almost laid down like four times. I was like, Katie's got it. I'm just going to keep going, bitch. Tell the people. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, When I was in massage school and we were finding how to find like tibialis posterior. Right. And so for those of you uh -huh. who don't know, that's like the muscle that's behind the gastrox nemeus, like the, the calf, yeah. you think about your calf. It's like the muscle that's next to the bone 
underneath the yeah. chest muscle, right? So it's like deep in there. And you're like, how do you get yeah. there? And it's like slow and steady, you know? It's yeah. just like rise on up under these muscle bodies into it. Uh-huh. We're getting into subscap, right? Like, but underneath people are like subscap. Subscapularis yeah. is yep. in your armpit. You go, it's subscap yeah. is between your rib cage and the underside of your shoulder blade, right? Yes. So it's like, you're going like way deep in there or so as an ever popular term. So as where's so as so as is the back of your hips up into your spine and it yep. rides out down the inside. Right. So finding subscap tibialis posterior. So as it's like, yo, that is where you find the, and I mean this with holy love, the trash. Like that is where you find like the That's toughest, it. hardest, like deepest, roughest. And I figured out, I was like, my theory that I came up with was like, the deeper the muscle, like when we have to stash stuff that we don't want to deal with, we send it to deeper tissues, like deeper into the tissues that are harder to get to, that are less active, that are because the movement, any kind of movement is going to move the energy. So if we're trying to stash it and hide it from our conscious self, like the more tucked away it is, the, the kind of the easier it is to kind of bump into it less, right? We still bump into it, we bump into it less. And so the womb being this dense muscle body that's like stored in this, like underneath all these organs, you know, like, just like, like in there, just like, so when you talked about that place of just being like, we like tuck stuff there, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It's the deep, the deep, deep muscles where we're just like, okay, can you hold this for me? To which of course our generous bodies say, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I will hold that Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. (laughs) You may not work very well. Yeah, but we'll I'm just gonna hold on, on to it. it. I'll look like this. It's fine. I'm fine. It does keep going at it. It never does. Yeah, that's what it's like. That's what it's like. And then we're like, wow, I feel like I can't stand up straight or think clearly because like all of our core muscles are like, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I got it. It's cool. I got it. It's cool. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the clearing and so to get in there and to activate and wake it up and then. That feeling of just being like, oh, I'm so glad you're listening. I mean, that's where you started, right? Is like, pay attention. Like, because actually, like, oh my gosh. It's like, I, the, one of the things that I just like, I'm so grateful for is just like, the wisdom will not give up on me. Like, it'll get louder. It will get more painful. It will cause more troubles in my life. Like, my wisdom yeah. is relentless. It will not give up. It will create as much drama as needed to make me pay attention. It will always start with yep. a whisper but it will get as loud as it needs to be heard. And that's the generosity of it. Yes. Yes. So just, yeah. Loved everything you said there. I'm curious, Katie, what are some of your favorite ways to clear um, your own, your own congestion? Yeah. um, Well, the like energy medicine um sort of shamanic practices that i do regularly um the one that i've been loving lately um that i learned well there's well i have like 10 but i'll I'll talk about these two (laughs) because we don't have like a whole weekend for a workshop Please, everybody, uh, take a five-minute bio break. Come back with your notebooks and something soft to sit on. Yeah. 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 So um, I've really, really, really been getting into the toroidal shape of our um, energy system, which is like 
if you are a yoga practitioner, it's focusing on the Shashumana Nadi, the, the central channel of our energy system, which goes, it's energetic, but if you just imagine like a plumb line down through the middle of your, your head, through the crown, through the brain, through your spine. It's a little in front of the spine because it's like right in the middle of your body and then straight down into the earth. And you can imagine, you know, if you've learned anything about energy medicine and your energy field or biofield, as some people refer to it, it's about five to six feet out from your body. But what's so cool about it is that <clears throat> they're finding that we're running these these two energies, one coming up from the earth and out the top of the crown, and then one coming down from the sky, the heavens. Some people like to connect to the sun or their own personal sun or the center of the universe, whatever resonates with you. Or if you really resonate with a star system, that can be great, or a planet, whatever. You know, this is infinitely creative some of these processes so which I love because it's so fun um and so I've really been just connecting with that breathing the earth's energy up and through my crown and imagining it like a fountain fountaining out into my energy field and as it fountains out it's just clearing anything that needs to go down into the earth and then um after I kind of get that cycle going from the earth up and out, I get the other one going. So connecting to the center of the universe, I call it the one cosmic heart. Um, and I bring that energy down through the central channel and out through the bottom of my energy field and get it going that way. And I find that the two going up and down at the same time, if you just sit with it and breathe and, you know, you don't have to be like, imagining this perfectly or anything like that just holding that intention that these two energies are flowing um in opposing directions I find it just starts to move things in my body sometimes I'll shake sometimes um I'll need to stretch sometimes I just drop into this really deep relaxation like almost like I'm resetting like when you turn off your computer <laughs> And it has that little that little thing for a while where it's like, I am shutting down. Like, that's what it feels like my system is doing. Like, it's like rebooting its whole thing. So that's one that I've been playing with a lot lately that is like one of my core practices. And that one I love because you can do it in a few moments or you can do yeah. it like as a like set aside special sacred meditation time so it's really flexible it's not like it has a ton of steps that takes a long time to get you yeah. into um and then as far as the womb and root specifically um the process I go through I learned from my teacher Tammy Lynn Kent Tammy um, good we talk about Tammy Ken a lot over here. Trying to talk. Oh yeah, she's oh, my yeah. girl. Um, so her book, Wild Feminine. Um, if you have that book, the practice is called the Pelvic Bowl Sings, and um, the initial part of it is um, a clearing, and you just imagine that you're a little version of you standing inside your pelvic bowl. 
and you start walking around the bowl from the pubic bone around the rim you can walk down into the bowl and you just start sweeping it out like you can imagine you're holding a broom I do it sometimes I'm I'm holding water and I'm like like sloshing it out so whatever elemental comes to you that wants to um one time I did this and I actually felt like I was driving one of those like bulldozers <laughs> and was like moving earth to get shit out so um oh. it like just and then a few times I am not Catholic and was not raised this way but I was like like with this frankincense and myrrh like swinging you know the swinging incense holder thing that they have in churches and like sir, I was like yeah. I was swinging that thing all over and clearing stuff out. So um, that is the way that I clear the bowl um, on a regular basis. And when you Mm -hmm. do it, you really want to make sure that you feel that strong connection to ground. If you have access, outdoor access at the time, doing it on the earth, like sitting your butt on the earth, really, really, really um, makes it just easier I'm, I'm all about how can I do it easier, less, less struggle, more flow. So yes. it just, I find if I go outside and sit on the ground and do it, it just, the process seems to happen more easily. Um, yeah. So the earth is a huge neutralizer of negative energy. So, mm-hmm. and when you have your root connected right to the earth it's much easier to move that energy easily love it so yeah those are great those are i love those those are so great i like i use those too and those are just i really love it the that um clearing of the of the pelvic bowl i often think of when i guide people through it too like a watering can you know or yeah. like a rain, you know a ra- like a mm-hmm. calling in a rainstorm or yeah you know all those totally. different ways um, yeah, I love- and if the water element, it's cool. You can imagine a waterfall connecting down to the earth. Like if that's a better image than a root, um, if you connect with that element of water, water has gra- is has gravity. It will always move down. So it really is an easy, another easy way. And imagining that there's like a drain in the bottom of your <laughs> pelvic bowl that can just... It can just sweep it all out with that water. One of my favorite Tammy Kent quotes is, imagine yourself peeing outside to drop your grounding cord. And that's when when I went and learned holistic pelvic care with her, that was one of the things that she said to us. And it, it worked. Do it right now, wherever you are. Just imagine squatting and peeing. And yeah. that opening, that wide, that pelvic floor dropping and opening, like that. I love that. For. And it was so transformative for me because up until that point, the grounding cord had always been like a thick rope, the diameter of a quarter or something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like mm-hmm. I was like my grounding cord. And the moment right. she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, it just, my pelvic floor, right? My whole root just opened from past my ischial tuberosities, like all the way across my right. hips. And I was like, 
my grounding cord is the entire center channel of my being. It's, it's 12, it's a foot long. It's like yeah, it's yeah. 12 inches in diameter in every direction. Like it's yeah. huge, you know? And yeah. in fact, I've grown more and more practice with having that center channel. What is it for me to live inside my center channel? Is that like, yeah. like that center line expanding so much and having that energy move? Like what if it holds my whole physical body? Like, oh, la, la, la. So that's what I've been playing yeah. with recently. Oh, I that love that. Cord. Yeah. With that yeah, same, literally. and yeah. one of my, um, one of my teachers, uh, one of my Reiki teachers talks about, um, the, the, there's so many different names, like the Hara, the Dantian, different, those aren't like yeah, the yeah. lineage mm-hmm. names, but the, the center, the, the core, this, the center, uh, Ourobora, the, the center energy right. in our, in like behind our belly button, right? Like this, yeah. our center fire and, uh, and looking at that and that you want to expand that light, but you don't want to, if you blow it out too fast, like a, like a flashlight, if you like, if you make it go really wide, then it gets diffuse and like not as bright. Right. And so what you actually want to do is to only expand it so much as you can hold the intensity or the vibrancy of the radiance, right? Interesting. So mm-hmm. being really slow and patient, like the long walk of what it is to like grow and feed that and that little expand. And so when I guide that practice, I always think about on the inhale, filling the, no, on the inhale, expanding and on the exhale, holding and like filling in all the edges of that light space of that radiant space and then on the inhale expand and on the exhale it's not a contract it's like a hold and fill and then Mm -hmm. expand and a hold and fill and so that kind of radiance focus of that center line that toroidal both directions yeah center line like the channel itself that that and so i've been really working with that notion of like the channel itself as a as a living as well as what moves through it. So there's yeah. like these three, these three factors of like, and I've also, every time you keep saying it, I'm just like, you know what I'm really into right now? I'm really into the alignment. That's like, an, uh, I try to get the words right. Hold on. Let me think about it. Cause you were like, it's like, there's like the down, there's like the up and out. And then there's like the yeah. in and down. And I'm like, yeah. I'm looking for like an up and in angle. Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. Saying? Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really looking for my yeah, open and exactly. angle, what I'm feeling these days. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Come on home, sweetheart, wherever you are. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, th- you know, I say that playfully and seriously of just being like, yeah, fuck me good. And, you know, like the, all of those directions, like w- like this, yeah, that pl- like playing and finding that um, – those the nourishment of those of those pathways um yeah yeah and just the earth i also think about how dogs um circle before they sit down Mm. right they'll like walk in Mm -hmm. a circle and so that going outside like what it is to one of the fastest ways that we can slow drop our into our um one of the ways that we can um uh, activate our parasympathetic nervous system and relax ourselves and drop ourselves down is by walking and by walking barefoot on grass that or earth like a like a not hurt your feet earth angle yeah and uh and so this notion of like 
just take a couple loops on the earth before you sit down too to like a nice slow just three just a little pit like a little pitter patter just to kind of activate it down and I just think about being like yeah there's nothing that says like I'm not being chased like walking slowly right, right. just <laughs> to just kind of really get that system going and yeah I've been using my breath a lot has been really important um really intentionally like big big belly breaths of just like having that sense where I feel really good and then over a couple hours to start to feel like dense and thick and just being like Oh, and just really breath, 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 like into my belly, like all the way into my root and just exhaling like those big, big breaths and just like have been really important for me recently in a way that I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like when I sit down and have a good long meditation round, it happens anyway, right? Like the big breathing happens, but if I do a shorter round or, or it's just a heavier day, you know, then it's just like, you know, more of that of just being like, really using that uh that ex it's like a it's uh ex excrement the exhale right like really the compost <laughs> yeah totally the in um the craniosacral therapy that i studied they talk a lot about um like on the most basic level like the diaphragm the respiratory diaphragm is like this like it's it's almost like a um What's the word I want to use? It's like a gate between the two parts of our our nervous Conscious system. And the unconscious and parasympathetic and sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah, and so like it's like if you can tune into your breath and really get that breath like going fully below the diaphragm and getting and and then it's like a massage for your organs. Your digestion is better. Like. You know, it, it benefits you on so many levels, but the downshifting of our nervous system, I think that's also some of the key medicine we all need right now after this last 18 months. Um, I'm seeing it more and more and more in my practice, um, in person with people, that people are just needing really simple resource tools to down-regulate down we've regularly. all kind of been in a heightened set sense of ah, what's happening unknown whatever your beliefs are it has been a time of uncertainty and a lot of change and unknowns and um and now I feel like there's sort of a a collective exhale a bit that's happening but what we've been holding this nervousness is needing somewhere to go. And so um, I've just found myself doing more and more and more cranio. Like people come in for a massage. They can't handle deeper work. They start crying or something. And I'm like, Ooh, let's just hold your tailbone. <laughs> let's just yeah. sit and hold your sacrum. Or let me put my hands just like on your diaphragm. And then they're like, oh my God, this feels so amazing. And it's yeah. like... Yeah, like this is this is another piece of the medicine we're we're all needing right now in this time. Yeah. Um as we collectively exhale, as we start to sift through making sense and I mean it's continuing to unfold. The intensity is continuing to to be there, but yeah. like we need to pace ourselves and I feel like there's sort of a 
a collective grieving and mm-hmm. collective exhale that, that we're in right now, the, the exhale yeah. breath. Um, and so, yeah, really good nervous system downregulation tools are so really needed right now. Yeah. I remember a couple of years back, I, I had uh, allostatic load, adrenal fatigue. And so I, I oh, really uh-huh. got very proactive about how I could um, re-regulate my system so that I was mm-hmm. not debilitatingly sick. Uh, and uh, I, became, I began having this like motto, this like goal phrase that I was working with, which was um, parasympathetic nervous system dominance. And kind of recognizing that my goal was to have the rest and digest state be my dominant state <laughs> and to have the other system be the one that turns on, right? Well, like, and that's what how is it, it actually have, is designed to function. That's how we're supposed to be. <laughs> I know, but it's like a shocking idea for so many of us. And, and, and for a lot I of know. us, it's like, oh, well, right. It's, but we're designed to work that way. That's the way we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to work. And right now, a lot of people who, whether they were aware of it or not aware of it, the degree to which I think a lot of people already were running this system and then to have this situation happen on top of it, exacerbated, exposed, like that, just the extreme. And so, so many people either double downing on their sympathetic nervous system dominance, their stress response dominance yeah. being so un- untenable. Like it just can't sustain the body literally breaks down. It, it, it like, over- well, and then there's like, cortisol and it's just, yeah, Go ahead. there's, there's a huge, there's a ton of research coming out right now that, um, like there's a collective sort of collapse that's also happening where people are just, you know, it's like the binge watching of Netflix or the just kind of like, you've gone so sympathetic that to downregulate, you actually have to go into like complete parasympathetic collapse, which is kind of like a catatonic state. Mm. And so there's, there's been like sort of a, yeah, I was just listening on NPR, like there's been an uptick in people overdosing, not just on like, like uppers, but on like all drugs this year, like deaths due to ODing is like on the rise, alcoholism on the rise. Like, it's just sad. Like people are really having troubles to, (sighs) to be with all of this. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's an it's a easy reach that people would go for like drinking or binge binge watching, but learning yeah. tools like how to breathe properly <laughs> and how to really take a good a Epsom salt bath and yeah. how to empty yourself out just by walking on the earth outside barefoot. Like these are yeah. things that can be, you know, healthier ways to resource yourself that don't have a damaging or, or potentially, you know, yeah. mortal effect on your yeah, system. I also think of, yeah, I also think about how stress is, like, um, uh, medically speaking, stress just means anything that causes your body to respond. Not like yes. chronic panic stress, but just stress and how yes. stress is actually, that kind of stress, picking something up and putting it down or having a phone ring and, and having somebody you care about say, hello, is technically yeah. technically a stress. It makes your system yeah. respond. 
And right. that, um, in that same way, like <laughs> walking in a circle or jumping up and down or be doing a, 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 you know, shaking your body, even if you can't yeah. dance and you're not a dancer, setting a timer and just shaking your body for two minutes, like actively, yep. you know, stressors that make your body activate, turning yourself on, right? Like, like using your body yeah. as a, you know, erotic system as a way to activate and circulate energy yes. is like incredibly restorative yes. once you're connected, you know, I mean, it can help you get connected. Yes. Um, but I find that mm -hmm. a lot of people don't actually know how to stay in their body in pleasure. They have so many shame stories associated yeah. with their pleasure that yeah. actually part of the release that a lot of people experience when they are pursuing pleasure or actually a kind of trans or dissociation, which is okay. It just yeah. means that there's a mm -hmm. whole world of pleasure that is in the body that we get to yes. cultivate or become kind of as patient or as um, engaged or as uh, spiritual practicey about the way that we've needed to yeah. become patient with our grief or our um, ancestral pain, like be making space to yeah. stay in the bliss of our ancestral gifts and our insight or our inner wisdom or our erratic pleasure pulses like multiple orgasms or edging or um like staying at the edge of orgasm and pulling back and coming back uh -huh. and forth a lot of the time there's so much restriction there that it will start creating pain and i discovered yeah. that if i didn't scream while i was having sex that i would often cry but I figured that out in the oh. reverse. Like I had always just been like a big weeper in bed. And then uh -huh. I had this huge breakthrough with a lover. This was so many years ago. This was a long time ago, 15 years ago, where I had this experience where I just felt the urge to just like be so loud. And I was, and afterwards I just had this pulsing bliss and I didn't cry. And my lover was like, you didn't cry when you orgasmed. And I was like, no, both of us were like, you screamed. <laughs> That's what happened. Like there was a lot of energy that had to move and that when I didn't compress it and I let yeah, it move yeah, yeah. me was this other thing. And so, you know, now I feel like they're all tools, like, like cry, tools of the body, yeah. tools of the wisdom, right? Crying, screaming, breathing deeply, getting very still, doing huge motion. None of them are inherently better or the other. They're different ways of either holding or moving energy. But when you have a lockdown yeah. pattern, right, that, yeah. that is the thing. Like I, you know, crying was a big lockdown pattern for me. It was like hysterics was like a go-to dissociative space for me. I would like cry a lot and dissociate, um, which was very different from then a processing cry. My cat yeah. helped me figure out the difference. She would like That's cuddle so me when I was really weeping, but she would leave the room when I was in hysterics. Like I have no time for this. That is so interesting that you're talking about that. Um, this is this is almost the exact thing I encountered with my daughter last night, and I was like, like, I I had to leave the room because she was in hysterics, and I was like, this is not, this is no longer moving it through. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder how I can skillfully support mm -hmm. her through that. I mean, she's 10. We got to teach these kids these skills so they don't get all stuck and bound up. Um, yeah. 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 No, having the... Um, I also think as women that, like, culturally it's been 
more condition we're more conditioned for crying right like yeah, yeah. like yeah. that's an that's an okay to kind of have an out of control expression yeah. specifically white women yes for sure yeah 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 um or white bodied female identifying people <laughs> yeah socialized um, female white socialized females have and, a lot of like go ahead and cry about it yeah exactly but like if you like get angry or like have some sort of feral, wild, animalistic sound that's coming out of you, whether it's like when you're having a sexual experience or at any experience, like that is like, whoa, mm-hmm. who does that? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, the, I think the more we can just like free those things up in our system, like giving ourselves wider ranges. Oh, exactly. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so much healthier. Nothing gets mm-hmm. stuck. The energy moves. Yeah. And then it's not yeah. like somatized, like where, you know, we're holding these patterns of pain. Right. And, like whether it's just in your muscles or like you're having actual like gynecological issues or digestive issues or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. when I got so mad when people were like, I think she's just psychosomatic. And I was like, psychosomatic is literally what most health issues are. So I don't know <laughs> why that's, that's like a, like, I don't know why also, that's like not real. related. I was like, that's yeah. also real. Like, yeah, they're vomiting because they're stressed. That is what's happening. I don't know what, I don't know how that's like an argument against something that's happening right now. I know, now. like, oh, it's not real because you're, you're, it's stress induced. It's like, was like, really? Isn't oh, is that, that all, more? Like, that's how that works. Isn't that just how that's, how we got here? You're telling me how we got here makes how we are, where we are not real. Is that what you're telling me? How we got here makes now not real. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, I want to circle back a little bit though, and you can take, you know, you can take this for you, but I definitely want to share with my listeners and just share a couple, a couple options of like what it is help that, that's that hysterics place. I mean, I can share for myself, um, being someone who learned to regulate the different regulate, I guess I've learned a lot about self-regulation, but, um, just (laughs) filling and discerning, um, uh, hysterics and emotional processing. And the first thing that I can say is that, um, when I say like into hysterics I'm ref- and, or dissociative crying, right? It means that I'm, I'm, I've left a, a authentic connection to an emotional and energetic experience that's moving and, and, and transmuting and receiving and digesting information. And I've entered a loop that yeah. I am yeah. um, actually, and I'm not really in my body. I'm not in my yeah. body. There's just a, a loop running. And in fact, that loop is keeping me out of my body. And that's why the first thing to recognize when someone is in hysterics or that is that they are, they have put themselves into a trance state. Yes. Unconsciously, they have put themselves into a trance state, which means the first thing to do is to recognize that they have a valid reason to be in a trance state. So the hysterics are not a problem. The hysterics are a deeply wise tool that have, that has taken over that they opted for on some level, some nervous system or spiritual level, they've opted to be out the, the pain or the stress factors could not be functionally processed. And so they took a break. That's what, that's what they did on a soul or a mental health level. That's what that separation is. And so the first thing, if you're holding space for that, or if you're catching yourself in that is to say like this, that's a real compassion door. I'm just being mm-hmm. like, holy shit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's a lot 
Um, and so that's the first step before you do any of the other things that I want to say. Because if you do any of the other things that I'm about to say from a place of the hysterics or the dissociation is a problem, then actually you're reinforcing the reasons that they are dissociating. Yes. Yes. That is You are no you are not helpful, you are not safe. <laughs> like that's this the is reality why, check. This is why I checked myself and walked away from my daughter because Perfect. I was like I'm triggered. Yes. I'm not being helpful right now. Right. I love you and I'm going to mm -hmm. step away. I could right. see. We and then we were yep. both looping. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And Absolutely. So, Good job, mama. Yeah. Good job. Good yeah. job. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but this is so, like a weird shadowy edge for me, like with my mothering, like because my daughter cried a lot when she was a baby. So that's what was getting triggered. Just that helplessness oh, yeah. that I had when she was so little and she was so unsettled and not yeah. knowing what to do and feeling yeah. like I have all these tools. I've studied all this stuff like and just having trouble being compassionate for either of us. Yeah. Because yeah. you just feel terrible that they're so upset. But now yeah. she's 10. So now I'm ready for the skills and tools to help right. her and That's me. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, right. So if you, so the first, right, that first step is to come into that compassionate place for, for everybody involved. Yeah. And if you can't, then the respectful thing to do is say, oh, this person's put themselves in a trance state. Love you. I'm going to leave you to your trance. Right. As long as they're not going to like physically in that state, they're not going to physically injure themselves, <clears throat> you know, right. and that's, that's the thing. And if you need to tap someone out, if, I mean, if you're a single parent, bless you a million thousand times. Um, and if you also can just Amen. say, like, you know, we're, you know, and if you're going to leave the room, you say, I'm going to leave the room. You know, um, if you need something, let me know. And I'm going to leave the door open, like keep. And this is what I want to say, like you're like the things, some of the cue words that you can say to someone when that state is. It's not a problem that you're crying. It's not a problem that you're upset. Like, like validate their like biophysical experiences that is happening for you. And, and telling yourself internally, like compassionately, like I feel helpless. I wish I could do something. I wish this would stop. Like being honest with yourself and then being like, great, it's not about you. It doesn't matter if you want it to stop or if you want it to keep going. Like that's not what this moment right. is about actually. Right. So you can yeah. have your preferences, that's fine. <laughs> Good to know what you like and you don't like, that's great. Um, and um, you know, to, to really kind of hold yourself in that and say, okay, this moment is really, and so if you, you know, doing your best. And when I say this, sometimes we have to go through these things every 30 seconds when we're holding space for someone. Sometimes we're at our edge and yes. we're like, come back to compassion and we're holding space and yes. people are like, oh my God, stop it. And then you're like, no, 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 reset, you know? So I don't want to make it yeah. sound like, you know, as you're navigating these things, like if you can't do it in a minute, you have to leave the room. Sometimes, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you gotta just, yeah. you just gotta, re that's the warrior path of love is like, you just keep yep. going even though it's hard and scary and yep. it might kill you. It's like, well, don't be afraid of death and keep going. So... <laughs> There you go. Um, so, right. So this piece of validation of just being like, be, saying out loud, like, I see that you're really upset. Like your, your big feelings aren't a problem. There's so much space for your big feelings. There's so much space for whatever you need. And then especially if you can have conversations with someone who's having these experiences when they're not in a triggered state, making a strategy for what you're going to say or how you're going to cue them 
when you think that they're in that state. So for me, my cat was my external compass and she would leave the room. She would be like, I have no time for your, for your drama. Um, I just can't. She was just like, I can't, Sophia, I can't, you know, but I could sit there in deep grief for hours and she'd sit right next to me and not move and go nowhere. She would just sit by me, you know? And so that's another thing that I want to say here, which is like, are you willing and ready to be with someone in a present process? Because that's going to often, often it's very efficient and can move in 10 minutes. And sometimes that deeper process is ours. Sometimes when someone's really grieving and God bless every 10 year old, could you pay any of us to go back to be 10 again? Does anybody remember consciously really what that was like? Like, that's a lot. It's a lot to be in that, in that growth time and in that growth phase. And so the complexities of what their body and their being is tracking coming onto this planet and navigating their personal power and their dependence and their preferences and what's turning them on, even though they're not to be supposed to be sexual beings yet. And they don't want other people oh, to touch no. them, but they have lots of sexuality or they do want other people to they... touch them, but they don't know how to control it or what it means or a hundred percent a hundred million percent yes i mean turn on happens for humans always in like in euro like pleasure sequence like happens and yeah and when it becomes relational it's usually starting around seven between seven and nine where it actually pleasure becomes really relational in this other way and then between nine and 14, for a lot of people, it becomes, there's a huge drive. That's like yeah. those hormonal shifts that happen preparatory that are shifting their body and the production, all of those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had this um, a little small tangent here. Um, I was at a, uh, I was uh, supporting a sexual empowerment program, uh, was priestessing uh, recently. And, uh, we were doing one of the exercises and I had this memory. I went back and found myself, uh, as a young kid searching in my memory, searching my room for something to rub my clit with, you know, like, like glass bottles and, 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 uh, rubber erasers. And like, I was like the Goldilocks of, of clit stimulus, you know, like too hard, too soft, too long, too short, too stiff, too cold, too, too bendy, weird, too cold, too, yeah. too weird, too sticky, too furry, too, you know, um, kind of having that whole like navigation. And I was like, Oh my God, I wish I could just go back and give her like a clit toy. Like I wish I could just <laughs> give her like a little tiny dildo, you know, like she's like looking for something to rub her body with. And, and having this moment of being like, wow, like what kind of healing do we have to do to give like pre-menstruating children, children, I'm going to say it. What, do, what kind of healing do we have to do to give children pleasure tools and permission to say like, just these, these, you know, these are some of your toys. They're for you in your bedroom by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you can yep. use them. And if you have questions about how to use them, I'll tell you, you know, like, because it wasn't that I needed anybody else in the room necessarily. Right. I wasn't having a relational drive. I was having right. a personal, personal sensation drive. I would have yeah, loved yeah. a few tips. It would have been really helpful to be like, yeah. here, you can use this like this or this like this. And then been left in my room. <laughs> And been totally. like, and you can make lots of noises. Like we'll put on a movie downstairs, right? Like, I love what it. is it? You know, we're gonna like put on some music. Like, no one's gonna hear you. Yeah. You're safe. It's your body. Right. Figure out what you like. If you have questions, let me know. Like to kind of have that, have that space. So, 
Yeah. You know, most of us didn't have that. No. No. <laughs> so, no. And we are definitely yeah. in our home trying to create different conversations for sure around for sure. pleasure and bodies and also just consent. Like, yes. you know, what's okay for you and your body and that you have a say about that. Yeah. Huge. Like, even if it's giving huge. somebody a hug, like, you don't have to give them a hug. You don't have to give them a yeah. high fives. Mm-mm. You don't My have to do nephew, anything you don't want to with your body. No. My nephew is the is so wonderful and was taught consent non-preverbal. At the mm-hmm. preschool, at a preschool, yeah, that's how that same, same. preverbal. So, and when he would start to talk, when we, I just remember us sitting in the back seat of the car, and I was petting his leg, and we were all happy. And about fifteen minutes in, he just looks at me. He goes, "No, thank you." And I was like, "Thank you." And that was so great. It was so beautiful. He just had total autonomy over his body. And um, and I had this. Um, we had this family friend. We were at a big family gathering. I'd been on the road. And it was the first time that I'd seen him a long time and I ran up and I gave him this big hug I picked him up and hugged him and squeezed him and rocked him and this woman there family friend looked at me and was like oh like you're hugging him too that too long like you need to put him down like you are and I just had this moment of just being like we like this human communicates with me like (laughs) I don't I don't have to like he'll he'll literally tell me when he wants me to put him down which is exactly what happened yeah, we like hugged exactly. for a long time, and then he like did this like little wiggle, and I was and and I was like ready, and he was like ready, and I put him down. <laughs> you know, like it was like exactly what happened. I was like, check that out, like yeah, check that out. Like how about that? You know, it's like a casual affection in the car and a big long, long, long hug, and it was all. It was like I'm big. He does. It does. It it, it does matter like yeah. am I paying attention you know yeah. like I don't want to hold him for five minutes if he wanted to be held for one minute but right I didn't have to worry about that because a I trusted my intuition and b it was confirmed by lived experience of verbal communication and so to yes. just have it's just it changes everything around that and I think you know that experience with our body translates mm-hmm. to so much of our our energy mm-hmm. um, so much of our energy. Okay, I want to come back to this and, and say this piece, which is <laughs> just a couple tools. So coming back to the hysterics, okay? So we're other dissociative states. Because someone also, I this well, next part, everything that I've said already and what I'm about to say will apply if someone also goes into shutdown. Because when someone goes into shutdown and they've stopped talking and they've gone very quiet in that place and they are not responsive, they've also gone into a trance state because they cannot process <laughs> what's happening. And so to validate their quiet and their trance, a similar place of like, it looks like you're at capacity. When you are ready to talk, or if you need something, come and get me. I will be in the kitchen. I will be downstairs. Um, I will come back and check on you in five minutes and then set an alarm (laughs) for five minutes and come back and check on that person. Right. I'm going to leave the door open. Right. Because I need to, I need to be able to hear in case you need something right? Like you make those decisions. Like I'm going to close the door or I'm going to come back. But I would, I would encourage you unless you really feel clear to close the door with those kinds of spaces to leave doors open. I think it's a very strong communication. If you can verbalize and say, your quiet's not a problem. Your noise is not a problem. Yeah. Right. You're having a tense experience. That's totally sacred. I just want you to have the support that you need. 
So if you have a separate conversation and you already have a cue in, then this is where you'd say something to the effect of, it looks to me like you've gone into a trance state or you're not all the way here or whatever language, if you can ask, especially if it's a kid, you can ask them after the fact, like, you know, how would you describe that? What is that? When you get so upset that you can't even think, you know, do you, well, how would you describe that? Maybe there's a way that they talk about that. Maybe there's a word that you can educate them on that works. And so it looks like, it looks like this is what's happening. I want to help you come into your body so you can keep processing. Or sometimes I'll say, it looks like you've gone on a loop. This is what I say to my clients sometimes. Looks like you're in a loop. I can help yeah. you get out of that. I can help you get out of that loop. Do you want help getting out of the loop? Knowing that they're totally allowed to say no. <laughs> say, if you don't want to get out of the loop right now, I'm going to give you some space or I'm just going to sit with you here. Whatever you can do, whatever feels right for you, I'm just going to sit with you. And then I'm going to ask you again in five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is. But people don't need a lot of space. Like People don't need a lot of clock time usually <laughs> in these states, Like especially if they're supported in that. And so to let them like you know, just say that and just be like, I'm just going to sit here or I'm going to let you be for five minutes because the state that they're in is not the problem. It's not the problem. It's a, it's a, it's a strategy. It's a skill. And so it's an invitation. I see you're in a loop. I can help you come out of that loop. So here's a couple ways that you can help people get back in their body. Um, one is uh, have them go through their senses. So look at three things, listen for three things, feel three tech, tech, tactical things, tech, tactical, tactile things, um, uh, taste, smell. So like look for three things in the room, listen for three sounds, feel three sensations, the air on your skin, the clothing on your skin, the, you know, something like that, um, touching yourself. So going through the senses. And so when I do that with people, you just go really slow and you walk them through each step. So you don't go what I, you don't do what I just did. You go, you're going to listen for three things. Listen to the first. Give a minute. Okay, now listen to the second. Give a moment. A few se I don't mean a full minute, but like give a few seconds for them to listen. And then the third, then, then shift the sense. Now you're going to look at three things, look really closely, look at the color, look at the texture, look at the light, walk them through what it is to sense the physical world that they're in. And then go really slow and just go through that a number of times and slowly, it, many, many a time, it, that alone will work. Um, another thing that can help people bring them into their body is breathing and breathe, invite people to breathe with you. And so you breathe really slow and a really powerful breath is four by four by four by four. So and it's really, it's square breathing. So your inhales are the same as your holds are the same as your exhales are the same as your holds. So you say, um, if they said yes to coming back in their body, you say, we're going to breathe together. So you inhale, hold, exhale, and counting to four each time. Inhale. And then that is very, very powerful. Four by four by four is four square breathing for four minutes. It's a really long time in that kind of state. But even just one minute can be really powerful. Um, but if you can have that patient sense to just drop in that. 
Another thing, it's called the butterfly hug. Um, um, really gentle tapping on either side, kind of wrapping your arms and putting your hands on your own shoulder and going from one shoulder to the next one at a time. Um, um, and there's a lot, you can also just look up, like there's so many YouTube videos and stuff yeah. online for, um, for nervous system hacks, for parasympathetic nervous system, um, down regulating, breathing techniques, um, uh, inhale, and then an exhale that's twice as long as the inhale. So inhale for three, exhale for really long. So, so if you're working with someone who is just in a dissociative state, getting their, supporting them, getting their permission, and then helping them, I use this really clearly, walk back into their body. <clears throat> Don't try to push them back into their body. Don't shame them for not being in their body. Um, <laughs> that's not helpful. Um, uh, you know, really that, that validating. And the other piece, the other one that I want to offer here is that just like, I'm going to sit here with you. If touch is something that they're open, holding their feet, holding their ankles, putting your hands on the tops of their thighs, or putting a hand on their heart or on their back. But if you're going to do that, I want you to be prepared to be still for a long time. Because if you're going to do a contact, if you're going to physically touch them as an invitation, it has to be an invitation. The presence has to be validating of their energy that's out of their body to make it safe for them to come back into their body. You have to be a respectful, that's like, for, if you're going to take my advice, you're going to take someone else's advice, you can listen to their opinion. But if you're going to take my advice, <laughs> it's really important that you're doing this from a place of the validation of their wisdom in their body or outside their body. And what you're saying to them is it's safe for this energy because when they come back into their body, there could be heavier crying. There could be louder screaming. There could be a need to punch things. There could be some nasty words to come out of their mouth. Just because they're going to come back into their body doesn't mean they're going to be like, oh, I feel better now. If they're in that kind of state, they might come back in and be like, uh, I don't know what to do. And you're like, what's happening? And it's like, what do you expect an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old to say if when they come back into their body, they get a heart on? Like, what are you expecting them to like say in that moment if their energy, if they've separated themselves because the energy is too much? If you're going to hold space for that energy to come back, you're making an invitation that says, no matter how big this energy is, I'm here to back you up on its movement and its completion. So, so yeah. So, I, you know, uh, coloring. Physical, physical activities like that, getting a coloring book or drawing or writing on a journal. My mom gave me this prompt. One of her teachers gave her a long time that just said, what is this? That's the question. And then she said, set a timer. What is this? What is this? And she said, anytime you don't have an answer, ask the question again. What is this? What is this? You know, so these are all the tools to, you know, if someone's going into a trance state like that, it's because there's something that's very big that they don't know how to be with, which means if you're going to invite them to come back, you want to be on their team to help them big with, deal with something bigger than, than the hysterics or the shutdown. Yeah. And I don't want you to be scared about that. I just want you to be up for the, up for the adventure. Yeah. You know, and like clear your schedule a little bit. That can be really helpful when people are in a space like that. People can really go into a trance state when they feel like they've taken up too much space. And say, I don't have anywhere else to be, you know, or we have an hour. We have an hour. We have a half hour. Hold on. I'm going to go. And then take care of something. I got to, I got to go. I got to do one thing. I'll be right back. You are allowed to do that when you're that person. When you're the person who's in your body, you're allowed to say, 
I have to use the bathroom so I can be 100% present with you. I'll be right back. Go use yeah. the bathroom. Send a text to someone that says, I'm not going to make it out tonight. I'll be, you know, that's what it is. Or a message to your partner that says, we're in a process. If you come in, come in gently. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And, yeah. And come back in. So there you go. Those are some starters. Yeah, I, I actually do most of those things. <laughs> I bet you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, the one that works really well with my kids is the, like, the, like, orienting with their senses. Like, you can oh, use that with, that like, one. really, really, really little kids. And it's amazing how quickly mm. their little systems recalibrate. And, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sometimes there is a bigger emotion that comes through but when they're in the body it's like it it's it just moves it through really swiftly right. it's like it totally. kicks it out because it like the body just yep. needed to release it yeah. um yeah i don't yeah. want to scare people i do want to say that like it's important that you as the person holding space has plenty of space for whatever's come through and yeah. the more space that things have usually the faster they move through it can be yeah. like one big like i was just really upset yeah, totally. And then it's like, that makes okay. so much I just wanted to go with Jerry. I know yeah. you did. I really wanted to, Mom. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Totally. And then that's it. And then they're like, what's for dinner? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, I know. On to the next. You know? I know. And grown-ups Kids... are like that, too. I'm just being like, yeah. I just really, I was just fucking pissed. I get it. You're pissed. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny, though, because, like, we're more conditioned to be like, well, I had something that pissed me off today, so I'm going to just have to be in a kind of pissy mood the rest of the day. Like, kids are literally like, I'm so upset about this. And then two seconds later, they're like, dance party. And you're like, what? <laughs> but, that's how, there. but that's how we're, we're, we can all still have access to that. Like, like, um... One of my teachers, uh, Aileen McCusick, she wrote, she does all the biofield tuning um, with the tuning forks and energy work. And she talks about how emotions are like 90 seconds long. Like the intensity of an embodied emotion is really yeah. like biochemically, neurologically only about 90 seconds 90 long. Seconds. It's like... Wow. Okay. Like, so you can like move through the states like this if you're present yeah. with it and letting That's it right. flow. And if you interrupt it, then the body will release them again. Yes, you, of like, course. Because it it's doesn't like complete, right? If it doesn't right. complete the transmission, then it will reactivate it, and then that's where we yeah, get that like yeah, these longer. Totally. That are really as soon as like, oh, I'm having a feeling, like, oh, expand. And so some teachers say like, set a timer when you have a big feeling. And stop everything and set a timer for two minutes because by the end of those two minutes, literally, biochemically, it will be over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, that and our stories like... can be the thing that reactivates them as well. Yes. And then we and then... tell ourselves the story of why we're upset and then we get it again. Yes. And then there's like the way the wisdom of our bodies, how it holds trauma too. Like, and then the triggering of these things that brings up these big emotions. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, it is your system signaling like, Hey, this is something for you to work on. This is something like I need help, like moving through and re yeah. renegotiating and resolving. And it's like, it's an opportunity. 
Yeah, I've always I always recommend when people pick therapists to make sure that they have therapists with them with specific like trauma repatterning skills. Yes. Because I think a lot of therapists that don't have them actually avoid getting their clients triggered because they can't they get they like they avoid it they're like i don't want you don't get they really have like a let's rationalize instead of going into an emotional reactivated state when actually the activated state is like the prime territory to learn the skills and also permanently rewire those yeah so and like by i mean avoiding triggers you can't even technically avoid triggers because trigger like the definition of getting triggered is like outside of your conscious control so like I've had so many clients be like oh yeah I couldn't work with this therapist because like she couldn't handle when I get upset totally (laughs) that doesn't right but they like try to avoid it but then they don't because I can't you can't like that's what you're there to do (laughs) so yeah yeah. but I'm I'm hopeful I'm seeing like so much more um offerings with Mm -hmm, therapists that they have like EMDR or Mm -hmm. somatic based stuff or trauma, trauma, somatic experiencing. So I think there's a lot, 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 a lot. Very different territory than it was 10 years ago for sure. Yes, totally, totally. It's super inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not defining what I mean by trauma like over and over and over again, because like for a long time in this work, people were like, what do you mean by trauma? I'm not traumatized. Uh huh. OK. OK. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. everybody associated yeah. the word trauma with a big T trauma like Oh, I was right. in like a plane crash or I, I was right. like served in the military in a active combat zone. Like, right. nope, turns out. Nope, turns out. We all just pick up trauma, live in these mm-hmm. human lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Got to work it through. Got to work it through. Well, Katie, what a blast. It's been a blast. I'm having a blast. Um, I'm feeling feeling the completion energies working their way in. I have two formal closing questions. Before I say those, I just want to kind of hand it back to you and say, is there anything else that you want to say or share um, that's just like on your heart or mind? Before I no, I just love how this is has has woven itself. This conversation, how it's just unfolded into all these amazing, maybe in some people's minds, disparate subjects. But <laughs> as as womb weavers and healers, like it all makes sense. It's yeah. all yes. Real. Real yes. Feels good to me. Feels this, felt, <laughs> this was great. Was, I had a great time. Um, well, my second to last question is uh, how do you like people to find you or be in touch with you if they want to get connected with you somehow? Where, where, yeah. where in the world, how, how in the world? What where in, the, in world? the world, how in the world? Yes. Um, two places. I have um, my bodywork practice in Portland is katiesutherland.com. And um, that's the best way to reach me for in-person sessions if you are in the Portland area. Um, secondly, my Inner Wisdom Motherhood community is at innerwisdommotherhood.com and I'm mostly active on Instagram. 
though I have plans to start a little Facebook group for people to drop in for weekly kind of activations and inspirations and tips and tools um, for navigating motherhood if you are trying to cultivate a conscious and spiritual experience while mothering. Mm. Love it. Yes. Love it. So, um, you and you can work. find me on Instagram, Inner Wisdom Motherhood. Inner Wisdom Motherhood. Awesome. Yes. So beautiful. Yes. I just want to say to any of my listeners, maybe that's you, um, or maybe it's somebody you know. Maybe there's a mother that you know that you that is just up to their neck in taking care of things, and they wouldn't even know to look up someone to help them, a free Facebook group to have some support like this. So yep. um, Katie might be a great referral to have you just send, send her way. I thought, you know, letting validate their, their wisdom and, and their beauty and their work and their mothering. And maybe they, mm-hmm. they could just use a community support. Um, if someone yes. pops to mind for you, I recommend sending them your way. Katie, you're, you're boss. Love it. This is some deep practice here. I really appreciate the depth and the, the wisdom and the vulnerability of just kind of sharing your own, like, yeah, just the, tr- just the truth of the journey and really very obvious to me the the depth of your knowledge and lived experience. I'm grateful to have you here in that way. Sharing Thank that you. And weaving and brewing. So my closing question is, so we're here weaving this new world. Yes. Yeah, we are. We're, we're here on purpose. Um, to be weaving this world. And so my, my closing question is, where are we going? What thread do you have? What do you see? What do you, what do you know? What are you, what are you dreaming in? Where can you, what piece of that can you reveal, bring into clarity? Well, what's coming through and I'm present to right now is that um, since we were talking about my daughter, is that her generation knows their bodies, knows the health, how to tend and care for their health, their monthly cycles, and also their like how they tend their their sexual health, their sexual connections, their without shame and without all this weirdness. <laughs> That so many of us are now doing work to unravel. I think what I'm feeling and seeing from their generation is like, and with this like dissolving of these gender constructs and everything, that there is a real renaissance and um, opportunity for them to not have to have a health crisis or go through some intense sexual experience to have to start to learn about how their bodies work, but that they are seeded with the understanding of their monthly flow, the understanding of their, their, you know, male and female energies, all of that, that they're seeded with that. So they just are empowered with that knowledge from the beginning, from, from when they go through puberty and just how the opportunity that's there, the potentiality that's there for them to live such like more full and embodied and inspired lives and relationships and attachments and 
um, just that it's be filled with more joy and more pleasure and less, mm -hmm. less pain and suffering and grief. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I love That's that. kind of what yeah. I'm holding for mm -hmm. the long term and in the short term that all people in their bodies just learn, learn about their bodies so that you can have a more amazing experience of your spirit the two are yes. not separate for me <laughs> no not at all not in my book not in nope. my book yeah oh my gosh katie yes i'm there i'm there for it i'm here for it i'm so grateful yeah the oh it's so it's blissful those elements yeah. that you just shared to me those are those are blissful creating Yes, I've been oh. tapping into the bliss frequency a lot lately. So I love that love you it. use that word. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Oh, Katie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a great way to plug back in and, 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 and be with be with people, be with you and, and to be with my, my sweet, my sweet, sweet, my sweet, 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 my sweet listeners. So, um, Thank you everybody for coming and joining the show today. Um, if y'all don't know, I've got a sweet little Patreon and I have, I'm offering up a monthly um, just open Q&A transmission and Q&A specifically for practitioners um, who are looking to hold space and want a space to kind of nerd out with what it is to, how do we do that? How do we hold space for people? So um, if you want to check that out, the link's everywhere. You can check that out. And I just want you to know that whatever it is that you need, it's right there. So may you open your palms and receive them with ease and satisfaction. May your body experience the healing it's asking for. May your soul sing its song loudly and clearly. May you rest deeply when you rest. May you be well. Thank you for being on this planet. And thank you for listening to the show. All right. Love you and take care. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it and share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wiseone, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the business and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. <laughs>
you know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know. <laughs>